I've run out of mugs. Oh, well, I, luckily I have your mug today. Right, or else I would have my my mug too. But I have just this mug. Mm. Sometimes it's all you need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, so do you... I know that it's been a second since we were able to talk about Drag Race. Mm-hmm. But weren't you just living for last night's episode <laughs> maybe a little in what respect um i hate that they were i hate that they had to just use like a gay rugby team but also <laughs> because it's like so no one else would do this or like i i, I can't t- like i like the idea of shaking up the straights you know what i mean and letting them find the beautiful woman inside them like that's the point of that challenge I mean, that would do our cause more good for sure. If they, you know, threw a five straights in there and there was like put on heels. Yeah. (laughs) But I was loving the, uh, I was loving the, the couple, the two who are partners who are just like feeling themselves in drag. They're just like going to cry on the stage. Mm -hmm. It was beautiful. Yeah, no, it was, uh, and it was nice to actually kind of see, um, stuff like that return because I don't know if you realize, but in season 13, they didn't do that because of COVID. They had to do each other. Yeah. It was unique (laughs) in a way, but I also, it, it left um, something kind of like to be desired. Mm -hmm. Cause that's like, I hate to say it, but snatch game is not my favorite challenge. The makeover challenge is my favorite challenge. Okay. Cause it, yeah. Like snatch game gives me, so much anxiety because I know that I I know that every time I'm going to feel embarrassed for somebody who is bombing yeah. and that, that embarrassment gives me anxiety because I don't want to feel it. It's and brutal. I want them to all yeah. Do, yeah. I want them to all do well, but you know, and you know, as well as I, that not everyone in the world is funny. No, it, that's the same feeling I get when they do um, the roast. The roast just gives me, like, cold trickles of anxiety. I'm like, I don't want to watch this. (laughs) Between Snatch Game, do you know what? Okay. The roast, then. I would go from least favorite to best favorite. It'd be, like, the roast, least favorite, Snatch Game, and then, ugh. I don't hate the Rusical, but the Rusical hasn't been, like, super. It's hit or miss. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then I and then <laughs> now I can't even remember what I said. What's my favorite? You like the makeover. That's it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap! It's definitely the morning. We're filming bright and early. Mm-hmm. <laughs> speaking, I mean, just to circle back. Speaking of shaking up the gaze. <laughs> Tell us, Hello. About your, tell us about your new hair, your I new mean, beautiful hair. It was born out of a combined need for attention and also the fact that it's Pride Month. And I just, I figured, you know what, let's make it blonde. Let's do it. So oh, how many, did it take a couple strippings? It took literally one stripping. And then we did one more just for good measure, but we probably didn't need it. And then, and then the toner, um, application the toner hurt though oh my god it burned my scalp (laughs) (laughs) 
the stripping didn't hurt too bad, but it was the toner that I was like, okay, how long does this have to be on? Because this is not comfortable. <laughs> yeah, imagine being under a hairdryer with that shit on your head. Oh my god, that can't yeah, be they... good for your head, right? Oh no, because it, it's <laughs> it's like a full chemical burn, and uh, I'm like, yeah. I think the first time I did it, like when I was like 19, I was like, um, it's kind of hot. Like, I was just being polite. I was like, hi, it's kind of hot. They're like, oh, it's supposed to be really warm. I was like, okay, it's really warm. <laughs> They're like, oh, no, it's supposed to feel that way. I was like, okay, okay. Like, I've never, beauty is, beauty is pain. I've yeah. never this before. So who's to say that I'm wrong or that I'm right? <laughs> so I just sat there and I was like, okay, this is burning my scalp. I feel it. But I'm glad. Uh, <laughs> it looks so good. It looks so I... good. Honestly, a lot of people have said that. It's just so weird, you know, just seeing so on these. Natural. <laughs> so natural. Yeah, um, I, I think off... I'm going to keep it for the summer. I'm going to keep it all summer. Perfect. You're giving off Mads Mikkelsen slash Brothers Sarsgaard vibes. Oh, my God. I didn't even think of that. And now I have a whole new narrative to work with where I'm like the fifth un unknown Sarsgaard brother. Could you imagine? Right. The right? things I'm going to try and say and get away with. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Work on the accent, girl. <laughs> mm. Okay. So, hello and welcome to the Full Volume Podcast. <laughs> I am your co-host. I mean, not as beautiful as Harvey Brent, but G.I. Joe Lee. Not today, at least. I win today. <laughs> I mean, I win. Um, I'm your, I'm your co-host, Harvey Brent. And today, uh, we are going to teach the children uh, all about James Marston. <laughs> Ones upon tens of you last week might recall that we did a top five Fonke Jensen episode, and it was highly revered, highly rated, everybody wanted more. So mm -hmm. we're like, what's the next logical step? What's the T? Who do we talk about while we wait for Loki next week? Jimmy Marsden. Jimmy Marsden, as Hugh Jackman calls him. Um, super logical next step because we did Fomka last week. And this week we're doing James Marsden, who is, again, another Marvel adjacent actor. Um, maybe that'll be the theme for any time that we don't have to review Loki or a Marvel property as we do a Marvel adjacent actor. I can also yeah. think of a couple people that are, are not associated with Marvel that I was like, ooh, I'd like to do their top five movies. But... We can stick for, to Marvel adjacent for now. Um, James Peters. Oh, but he's he's fully Marvel at this point. <laughs> I, yeah, actually, it's like, okay, we'll do an Evan Peters special for sure. <laughs> he would be hard to do, though, with... Uh, yeah, we have to. That's like kind of on brand for us, actually. Part we, one, we, part two, film, television. Oh, my God, yes. An anthology podcast series on Evan Peters' best TV properties than his best movie properties. Just like American Horror Story. Every episode's different. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. I cut you off. Go on. <laughs> no, I was going to say, James Marsden's kind of a logical next step because in the X-Men movies, which again are Marvel adjacent, and thankfully they're being, you know, washed away from, from any sort of canonical uh, association to the MCU, hopefully, um, that uh, James Marsden is Famke Jensen's love interest in the X-Men movies. He plays Cyclops. Will he be appearing on my list of top five James Marsden movies as Cyclops today? No, he will not, because he is treated poorly in the three and a half X-Men films that he appears in. 
Just going to put that out there. <laughs> He's mm-hmm. in the X-Men movies. He doesn't rank, though, for me. No. And I, today we're going to both do our lists. Um, he doesn't rank on mine either. And for the exact same reasons. While he gets an uncanny spoiler alert, like death scene. Death scene? No. It's not his death. It's still not good. It's still not good. No, they that character literally the probably the most iconic X Men aside from Wolverine, like Cyclops. Well, maybe not most iconic, but oldest, certainly one of the oldest X Men. Treated like garbage for three and a half movies straight. I think even maybe just the first movie, he got a little bit of writing, but still he was portrayed as just a whiny little bitch. Uh, you know, to to be Wolverine's adversary. X Men Two, he was largely absent because he was captured for two thirds of the movie, and then X Men Three, he dies within the first twenty minutes. So. Mm-hmm. not a lot to talk about there not a lot for, for poor james marsden to work with so does yeah. not rank not even an honorable mention <laughs> <laughs> okay so i'm gonna preface my list by saying um james marsden i feel like once he got out of television has been cast as hollywood's bitch boy in yes every movie he's been in yeah maybe except for one that comes in at number two on my list, which we will get to, but we could argue the merits of bitchiness. Uh, We can see how much he's tossed into. Yeah. He's a cuckold. Mm. He's a Mm -hmm. cuckold through like a lot of films. I don't, uh, I don't know if he has the, I don't know if it's that he, is being typecast. I think it's he's being typecast as just like he's so pretty and everyone wants somebody like um, immaculate to be just torn down. <laughs> you know what it is, too? I think he's like he's obviously beautiful. He's pretty, but he's not sexually threatening. And that's uh, uh-huh. that's what it is, I think, too. You know, like he's not he's not a take charge kind of man, but he's also like very good looking guy. Yeah. Um, so I think a lot of people probably picked up on that and was like, oh, this guy's our bitch. You know, let's put a toxic man in the lead role and James Marsden's the bitch, you know? Yeah. I think yeah. that's what it is. <laughs> I mean, he's got a great jawline. He's oh. got a great jawline, but it does not cut glass. His eyes? Girl. Beautiful. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, I, I like the point that you made. He has, he is a very attractive man. But he's not as masculine as maybe some people would hope he is. But also, it makes me more comfortable seeing him on the screen because yeah. he plays to sort of he's like an everyman. I think it's I think he's actually his um, perception in Hollywood has probably aged well because of that. He was typecast as this like not toxic patriarchal figure. Mm-hmm. Or you know what I mean? Like he's like a he's still a man. He's still a patriarch in a way, but he's like he's not that alpha toxic personality. I think his um like these repeated roles. I think it's actually kind of aged well now as we've moved into a more enlightened era. I think mm-hmm. like I kind of look back on some of these roles where like you know he's written like kind of like a, you know, a wiener in X Men where he's like you know the the <laughs> kind of like a wiener. <laughs> you know like but then I'm like you know what he. You know, they try at the time they tried to make us view him as a as a dick and like kind of like a small not villain, but like a nuisance. And now I'm just like, no, that's 
that's just a, a person having feelings, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, his wife is dying. <laughs> I mean, hey. <laughs> Slash falling out of love with him. What are you supposed to do? You whine. I would, a, I would have meltdown, but also, uh, we still got to save the world, which is, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a, it's a lot. Okay, so I'll start with my fifth pick. Okay. Again, a disclaimer for this one is uh, the same as our Fomke Janssen, is that we only picked five and we've not seen all of them. So don't come for us in the comments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. These are. This is based on zero television and the the only ones that we've seen. Okay, so number five, I have placed "Death at a Funeral" from 2010, starring Chris Rock. He plays Frank, who is the boyfriend of Zoe Saldana's character, uh, and he accidentally he has so much anxiety because he's like the only white guy at a black funeral, um, and I think. I can't remember if he was just meeting the family or not. Um, but Zoe Saldana's character is the uh, the family member who exclusively dates white guys. So Frank is one of these white guys. Anyway, he's so nervous that she gives him like a sedative, but the sedative turns out to be hallucinogenics. <laughs> and he proceeds to just freak out. During the entire, the entire funeral to the point or the wake, because it's long. It's not like, like they're there for a while where to the point where he turns up naked on the roof. Anyway, (laughs) speaking of James Marsden playing a bitch, I have that one at number five because he actually plays, it's fun. It's funny. He's, he adds, adds good comedy. That's the thing. That okay, yes, because he he does kind of play a bitch, but he actually almost takes that like perception of him and turns it a little bit. Where like he adds comedy. He's a funny guy. He can mm-hmm. do like we know from TV. Like he was in Thirty Rock. He's he's a funny guy. Um, mm-hmm. so this is kind of like I think maybe a really good segue as a number five to be like, oh, this dude actually can do more than be someone's bitch. You know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, do do we want to go? Like me, my five, your five, four, four. Yes. Okay, yeah. so you go. Now, you, what's your five? Okay, my number five is a weird, uh, again, be, I think because of that preface we took with the fact that we know him to be typecast so often as as a cuckold, that my number five is out of the box too. I think most of mine are actually, only like one or two are typical James Marsden. My number five is a small role in Anchorman 2. <clears throat> he, oh. Yeah, he plays Jack Lyme, which is a rival... Um, news correspondent from a rivaling um, uh, news station. And so he doesn't have a big role at all. It's, I think, maybe amounts to, like, at most 10 minutes, if that. And his standout scene really is this giant battle royale between all the news teams out in, I think it might be, um, it's not Central Park. Oh, God, what park is it where they all, like, have a brawl? It's somewhere in San Diego. It must be. Um, And so (laughs) it's just, um, you know. I remember the Stetsons flying around. Oh, it's insane. It's insane. Um, I mean, he does he does show up to like throw he is like Ron Burgundy's foil, I guess. But this this is a different one. He is, I guess, kind of a bitch in this, too. But I mean, it's like he he gets a lot of slapstick humor in there. And it's it's great. I, I think it's a small but underrated role for him. Oh, that's such a good pick. Oh, I love it. Oh, I totally forgot about Anchorman, too. OK, let's going here. <laughs> OK, so to number four. 
Um, another, he doesn't really play a bitch, but he is someone stupid in this movie. Um, it plays another football player. Uh, I picked 2001's Sugar and Spice. <laughs> oh my God. I was thinking of putting that one on my list. I, I have not seen that movie in a very long time. It is one of my favorites as a child. It is about a, a team of uh, sorry, it is about Jack and Diane, and we're not talking about. I feel like it is the the characters are named after the characters in the song. Yeah. And, uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, no, no. What were you? Gonna I, say? I was gonna say my my like when you mentioned that movie, the first uh, imagery that came to my head is that photo or like that iconic imagery of all the cheerleaders. I think they're all holding guns, and one of them's pregnant. Am I yes. thinking of, yeah, and I think they yeah. might have not Nixon masks, but they have some sort of masks on too, don't they? Because they're like I, robbing. Yeah, they're like big Betty. I think they're called Betty. Like Betty Boop mask style? Oh, no. Um, it, uh, like a, it's a big beehive that's blonde, but it's a caricature that we are not familiar with because we are Canadian. Uh, Spice cheerleader masks. I, meant, I need to Google that because it is an iconic like imagery. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Continue. No, it's okay. I see um, now. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the name of the... I think it might be a doll. Maybe. I don't know. So Jack and Diane love each other. Cheerleader, football player, very typical romance. And this movie feeds on stereotypes as comedy. Um, but Jack and Diane get pregnant. Oh, no. Oh. So they have to do what's right and what's best and what's <clears throat> godly. And that is, they need to raise this child. So he, like, becomes a car salesman. Yeah. And he's not doing so well at it. And Diane feels so terrible. So she cooks up this scheme with the other cheerleaders, like three of her cheerleader friends, to rob the bank for the grocery store that she works in. (laughs) And he plays, so he plays Jack and he's a little bit dumb and it feels like just going through his uh, filmography, it just feels like he plays or he's been cast so much well as kind of this dummy or a cuckold or again, things, people who are typically, uh, characters that are typically emasculated, but iconic culturally yeah. iconic yeah he always takes it in stride for sure mm-hmm. you I can always... see him winking at the camera you know what i mean yeah yeah he's got a good attitude and i also feel like this movie might have been the inspiration for the detroit-based tv show good girls i don't know if you've ever seen good girls I but love that. Mm-hmm. oh it's so good if anybody hasn't watched good girls you need to watch good girls it's about um two sisters and their friend and they're all in hard times and they decide to rob the grocery store that one of the girls works at. And so I, I think actually a similar premise, but good girls takes it way further, like really <laughs> expands the scope of it, but it takes place in our um, hometown adjacent Detroit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Our previous hometown adjacent. Our previous. And they actually fun fact for any of the local listeners, they talk about Windsor a lot in the show. And at one point they do cross the border and that they cross the border into Windsor, but the border set that they use has mountains in the background. Hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't fill up anywhere near Windsor. Trust me. (laughs) No wonder why so many people came into Windsor with skis on their roofs. (laughs) Anyway. Oh, so what's your four? What is your four? 
My number four is, I think, one of his most recent films on record, Sonic the Hedgehog from 2020. <gasps> oh, I forgot about that one, too. Yeah. Oh, Sonic... I should have done a top 10. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> I, I actually don't think I could have done a Morrison top 10, because aside from the five I had and the X-Men films and one other film, which I won't use because I know it'll spoil, I actually haven't seen that many James Morrison films. I think I've seen nine. Maybe 10 if you include Gossip, but Gossip wasn't about to be on my list. <laughs> uh, oh, <laughs> Jolie's like, what? Not me. Um, <laughs> Sonic is, um, yeah, it's a new film. I think we all know the namesake, Sonic the Hedgehog. He plays Tom Wachowski, who is the uh, the lead. And he uh, is a sheriff. And it's not called Green Hill. I forget the town name, but eventually it turns into Green Hill. Um Anyways, I don't remember the town name. I could Google it, but you get it. It's Sonic. And mm-hmm. and so uh, he befriends Sonic, him and his um, his fiance. And uh, at the same time, Sonic is being tracked by Dr. Robotnik because Sonic is is from another world. He got to Earth through using his rings, which are the, the little teleporting devices between, between worlds. Um, so, no, it's great. And it's actually like probably one of his more, I think, competent roles where he's treated with respect as, a, as an actor. And it's just surprisingly a really good film for a video game because we all know video game films tend to be rather poor. But this one I would say is like, not only is it a top five James Marsden film, I think it might be a top five video game film of all time, which is oh, also yeah. maybe another podcast idea at some mm-hmm. point. I mean, yeah, it would go like Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat 2. <laughs> oh, not the new Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. <laughs> I hate Mortal Kombat 2. That's a bad one. <laughs> Do you know what? I'm a completist. Mm. Um, anyway. Oh, Street Fighter wasn't bad. The one with Raul Julier. Oh. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that one. Um, actually. It is turning we- into a video game podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think now. I know like easy picks are like Resident Evil because I know a lot of people like the first Resident Evil. Um, I've actually never seen any of the Resident Evil films for the record. They're so scary. Well, I mean, I also saw them when I was like 15, so... Oh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So scary. The first one has like a little girl. Mm. Children in horror films. No. Beware. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> number three. Three. So there's a tie for number three for me. Oh. Um, oh, God. You're like, gossip will never be. <laughs> <laughs> Is gossip your answer to Famke Janssen's House on Haunted Hill? Is it that level of like obsessed? Okay. No, no, no. No. We're getting there though. Um, I feel like you know which one because there's only two. Um, So I have a tie with uh, the year 2000. He starred in a film called Gossip. (laughs) Ridiculous. And I feel like I ranked it this high. Only because of the cast. It, <laughs> it's got a good cast. I will give right? it that. <laughs> Lena Headey. Yeah. Kate Hudson. Josh Norman Jackson. Reedus. Norman Reedus. Him. Like, it's insane. And this dropped at the sort of tail end of the teen horror flick craze. Mm-hmm. It was sort of coming to a close. Mm-hmm. Like, Scream was super huge. And then they kept coming out with more and more. Like, I know what you did last summer. Um, and then they it, came it out was... with Scream 3, which killed it, which killed yes. the vibe. <laughs> yeah. And they were like, okay, 
Final Destination, Scream 3, and then we're done. <laughs> like, Let's move oh. on. Yeah, it, it's getting it's getting kind of bad. Anyway, so he plagues Derek Webb. Derek is accused of raping and murdering Naomi. And through the power of gossip, his life is just destroyed because he raped and murdered somebody guy. Yeah. Well, he was so popular. It was, it's just, it's, I can't believe in the year 2000, they still suffered from, um, they really needed to be me too'd earlier. Oh yeah. I was thinking that too. And I, I I haven't seen this movie in like 15, 18 years. It's been a while, but Mm -hmm. I was young. I was like 11 watching it. At least 21 years. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's it's oh yeah i guess it came out in 2000 that's that's an old film yeah um but yeah no i agree with you though the cast for this one is is good <clears throat> and joshua jackson was it, this was just kind of at the tail i think dawson's creek i think he was doing it during dawson's creek because dawson's creek ended in like 2003 or four mm-hmm. um so this would have been right in the middle of his dawson's creek run and he is stellar in this film. I've noticed you're a fan of Joshua Jackson. You're a big fan of him, aren't you? Uh, we go back to the Mighty Ducks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is in that, yeah. And he's a Canadian, super cute. Um, yeah, he is. No, not a lot of people talk about that, but he is Canadian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like the way that American people are like, oh, Canadian girls just look so different. Joshua Jackson looks like a Canadian guy, you know? Mm-hmm. He just has that look, and he's um, he's not conventionally, uh, like, attractive, but he's handsome. It's surprising. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so anyway, but they both play, like, idiots. Like, he plays a rich asshole. He's always wearing a pea coat, and he's yelling about his privilege um, in this film, but he's good at it. And Derek is friends with him, so... So guilty by association, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, I like... Right? And the film has, like, uh, an M. Night Shyamalan twist, sort of, to the to the end. It's not a good film, but it's a pretty good role for James Marsden. Again, kind of tongue-in-cheek. I, mm-hmm. I, I tied this one with another sort of, like, it's not a throwaway character. To me, he's really important. And I feel like he played the role really well, um, because if you read the stage play for it and the scripts you know that Courtney Collins does not ah. buy into the racist bullshit that's happening on his TV station. So I picked uh, as a number three to round out my number three, he, uh, Courtney Collins in Hairspray yeah. mm-hmm, from 2007. That so, actually, yeah. that ranked on my list too, but I'm not going to tell you what number. <laughs> okay, cool. Your number three, please. <laughs> my number three is from 2008. And again, not a typical James Marsden role, which is why I was so interested in it. Um, it is Sex Drive. Have you seen <gasps> Sex Drive? <clears throat> Does that it's, have Jason Statham in it? No, it's not a Jason Statham. It's actually, it's a weird one. So it's a comedy, um, but it has very few recognizable names. The only people that are recognizable are James Marsden and Seth Green. And the rest of the people have only like literally done this movie. Like it's it's a weird one. Um, but James Mars, so the, the premise of the movie, sorry, it's it's a <laughs> high school, um, like a road trip sex comedy teen film um, about a high school graduate who goes on a road trip to um, meet up with a girl he met online and like have sex. <clears throat> um, it's, it's based on a novel called All the Way. And 
really like James Marsden isn't the main character at all in it, but he he does have a significant role. So um, the teen himself comes from like the guy. Uh, he's played by Josh Zuckerman, which if you don't know who that is, that's okay because again he's fairly well unknown even to this day. Uh, but he comes from kind of like a fairly white trash family. This Josh Zuckerman guy. And his brother is named Rex, and Rex is played by James Marsden. And Rex is like your typical Tyler or your typical Zach, where he like drinks monster energy and like, you know, like drives four wheelers down the street and like dirt bikes and everything. And he's just a huge, huge white trash douchebag, like huge. And so like he's got rage issues. And this is all a comedy, so it's not, you know, not really triggering, but he just um what happens at one point is that um Josh Zuckerman's character steals Rex's, uh, his baby, his precious car. I forget what kind of car it is. Um, oh, it's a... It's a GTO. It's it's a GTO judge. It's a 1969 Pontiac GTO judge. And Rex it's goes... It's always a GTO. Rex goes <laughs> ballistic, like ballistic. It's probably like one of the highlights of the movie where he just like beats up his like garage door. Um, but the twist at the end is that um, after the movie and the plot, nobody really cares what happens. I think actually the girl ends up being a catfish, possibly. No, she doesn't. That's, I'm thinking of Girl Next Door. Um, no, I think they actually do. I don't remember how it resolves, but I do remember what happens with James Marsden because once um, uh, the main character returns, James Marsden has come out as gay, which is great because throughout the entire film, he's making so many homophobic comments and just like really overcompensating. And he, it's it's a really it's a good a little short role for him, but it, it's extreme. It's ex, it almost takes you out of the movie because he's so over the top, but it's 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 wonderful. <laughs> I think this made me hate him a little bit, but that was before I was really like appreciative of him. Yeah. <clears throat> oh my god, that's hilarious! While you were talking or describing the film, I was slowly remembering the film and I was like oh dang okay that goes mm-hmm. right into my honorable mention list then okay. it's, a, it's a small little one <laughs> not, not a lot of people talk about that movie Mm-mm. but it's good and again like just uh, the cast is the cast is actually it's just a couple of people that Clark Duke guy Oh yeah, Clark Duke's uh, is, from the office. I know yeah, he's from the office. He's doing pretty well. I I've heard of this Josh Zuckerman though, but I don't know that I've seen him in anything else that isn't kind of like um it's like off Hollywood. like off Broadway, it's like off Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's see. Dun dun dun, dun number two. Okay. Um, I feel like you knew this was coming, but <clears throat> we're going to dive back into his horror offerings. Horror offerings. Oh, horror offerings. And oh. my number two, which he actually plays the lead in um, <clears throat> because like it's from 1998. Oh, I know which movie this is. It's disturbing behavior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he plays Steve Clark and he moves to a small town where where he is pretty sure that something something is up. Something mm-hmm. untoward is happening with the children. <laughs> but nobody believes him. Like they're like, oh, it's the classic boy who cried wolf. Like, no, you're crazy. Everyone's fine because everyone is 
perfect. Mm-hmm. All of the kids, they're like Letterman's jackets. It's like the 40s and the 50s. But it turns out, oh, he befriends da, 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 Katie Holmes. Oh, no. I, right? <laughs> Nobody Scientology adjacent is going to be befriending me. No. <laughs> Let me say that much. Yeah. And you, it's like in 1998, Brent was a mind reader. <laughs> no, no. And I don't know what it was. It must have just been like her absolute explosion as Joey Potter on mm-hmm. Dawson's Creek that like gave her this role because she's a terrible actor. Sorry, what? not sorry. Okay, side Katie Holmes question. What was the first year of Dawson's Creek? Was it 97? Was that its first? Mm-hmm. I'm curious now because I I need timelines. I need <laughs> I need it all. I just watched the reunion. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's 1998. 98. Okay, so this mm-hmm. is the, the exact same year that um, she started in Dawson's Creek. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So interesting. Th- there's that. So he plays Steve. He befriends her. Don't remember the other. Um, but they, it's like a little trio. So she's part of a gang of kids that uh, is so she's got a piercing and she has way too much eyeliner on both her upper and lower lid. So clearly oh, no. she's a problem. Um, <laughs> so he befriends those two kids and they're like, they're the ones who kind of feed into his paranoia that something might be up. And they're right. They've been, the parents have been funding or voting whatever it is that they're freaking doing they are they sign up their kids for this experimentation where they they just turn them into quote the perfect children to create a picturesque town right so he the 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 boy in their friend group goes missing and he turns up at school the next day and is suddenly perfect so that's what that's like kind of the climax of the film i would say the climax 2.1 of the film is when he returns home to tell his mom and dad who you would think because they moved into the town would seem normal no turns out they've signed steve up for the program too so now him and katie holmes have to fight the system and i honestly can't remember how it ends but I'm sure it ends. I'm sure it ends. <laughs> I, I mean, it has to. This is, I, I don't know if you've I, like looked at the um, uh, poster for it too, but that, that 90s side part, um, feeling, feeling like it's really been coming back this last year with the Gen Zers, um, that's the hairstyle that's back in. If anybody wants to know what I'm talking about, Google the movie poster for disturbing behavior because it's, it's wild. Right? <laughs> it's, that's, that's the side part. Well, it's the middle part. Sorry. It's the middle part. Yeah, everyone who is like, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, what were you girls thinking? There's the haircut, babies. Yeah, and it's Devin Devin Sawa, right yeah. down the middle. Boom. Beautiful. Hard cut. Nick, Nick <laughs> Carter of the Backstreet Boys. And that's and that's the vibe that James Marsden has here, too. Mm-hmm. I, I see it. Delish. Delish. So, my number two. two. My number two was Hairspray. Oh, uh, nice. Nicest kids in town. Um, still on my Spotify. Sometimes it comes on when I'm in the shower. I I love Corny Collins. I think that's such a that's such a cool role to to be like a game show host, but also be a game show host ahead of his time in terms of the actual you know substance of the film. You covered it pretty well already, so I don't need to. But uh, yeah, that was my number two. I, and he's he's you know what? No, no, no. One more thing. He <laughs> he is <laughs> such a good singer. 
nobody gives him credit for how amazing his voice is. Yeah, That's, he really. This is... Yeah, he he was keeping up with Zac Efron in that film, and Zac Efron is a <clears throat> little songbird. <laughs> He's a little songbird. Yeah, James Mars has got some pipes on him, so he can sing. I remember. I think um, now that you mentioned the singing, I remember watching that film and being shocked that he sang. I feel like I knew that before. Like I've I've been like following him since like before the drama of X Men Three. Like literally, I'm not kidding. Uh, fun fact about that: I used to be part of a forum online in 2005. It was I think X Men Films.net, and the screenwriters for X Men Three would sometimes come on and answer questions. Do you want to know what the number one question was that they got each and every single post? Are you guys going to kill Cyclops? What's going on with James Marsden? Why are we hearing that he's not on set filming? What are you guys doing to Cyclops? And every time they would deflect. That's Simon Kimberg and Zach Penn. I see you 15 years later. I'm not over you. <laughs> oh, there's your tea for this morning. That's that's the tea. That is the that freaking tea. tea. I mean, oh, I'm yeah. sure it wasn't their decision, but still, they, they done screwed him over. But enough oh. about that. Um, I wonder if I can find those posts. I'm going to do a deep dive because I would love to just like bring the receipts forward and be like, this is the harassment for Zach Penn. Make better movies. <laughs> How dare you write Electra? Like, get out of here. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> Electra was fine. You know what? I, <laughs> I have another story. Um, I was so delusional and starved for superhero films back in 2005 that I convinced myself that Electra was fine because... Blockbuster had a deal that where if you bought Electra, you got a free case of Coke Zero or Diet Pep, Diet Dr Pepper with it or something. And I'm oh like, my goodness. this is gonna be a good film. That's that's the level of delusion we were working with back then before the MCU. So thank you, Marvel, for stepping in. <laughs> I love a Coke Zero. I mean, it definitely survived <laughs> to this day. Oh, Anyways. Yes. <laughs> I, I honestly, I don't know if it was actually Coke Zero. I'm gonna Google what. From, it was probably remember, Crystal Pepsi. It was. It was a. Pe oh man, Electra film co-promotion. Let's see. Was it Dr comes. Pepper? I feel like the red is similar, so it might have been Dr Pepper. Oh man, this is this is like we're we're dealing. It was Coke Zero. It was Coke Zero. Oh shit! I didn't think it would last when it first came out. I was like, that's weird name. Anyway, <laughs> it's your number one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Speaking of singing roles, I've been dreaming <laughs> of this. I've dreamed of this film. It's so good. I uh, he just he plays such a beautiful fairy tale character. Mm. I've been 2007's Enchanted at number one. Yes, that was actually mm. going to be an honorable mention for me. I had it written down and then I bumped it for Anchorman, but that's a good one. I'm sad that I forgot about Anchorman too. Like I and Sonic. Like I could have had a bigger list, but anyway. So, um, I yeah, he plays the role of Prince Edward, and yeah. oh, he is just such a great. Him and Amy Adams have great chemistry, but him and Adina Menzel have even better chemistry. Do you mean Adele Dazim, as John Travolta calls her? Oh. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to mispronounce her name. No, you didn't. I'm, it's John Travolta that did. He's such an asshat. Ooh, I know. If, oh, if the only thing that would have made that worse is if his dye line would have started dripping down his forehead. Bless him. 
Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry, I, I derailed you there. Give me, That's give me like... your your James Marsden enchanted experience. So there's a scene where he where they decide that they're going to. Uh, okay, for for the viewers at home. <laughs> um, it's a film where they get zapped into like they they live in a fairy tale. It's a cartoon. He's prince. He's the prince charming. Amy Adams is the princess in a castle, and uh, they're fated to be together because he's Prince Edward. He's the prince, and they live those stereotypical tropes of the the fairy tale life until uh, the evil queen zaps them into IRL. Mm-hmm. And Prince Edward has to go and find her. She is discovered on a billboard by Big Dreamy. Yes. And he takes her home and houses her, essentially. Um, this strange woman in a gigantic ball gown, uh, obviously non-threatening. I would have put her in my apartment, too. Um, and it, she slowly starts to fall in love with McDreamy, as you do. And Prince Edward finally gets in there and is like, okay, we can go back home to, where, does, where is it called? Atlanta? No. Mylanta? Um, let's go Adelantia. Andalasia. Andalasia. It is Andalasia, yeah. That's it. So he's mm-hmm. like, he tries to take her home to Andalasia. And she's like, I don't know. Maybe we should date first. And I always go back to the scene where they're on, like, they have, like, a typical date in New York. And they're, like, eating footlongs <laughs> or corn dogs. Yeah. And they decide that they maybe decide that they're going to, like, they, they do love each other. and they're, But anyway, I don't want to ruin it. <clears throat> well, there's there's also a sequel coming out next year, so be excited. Even, yeah, disenchanted, it's called. Yeah, well, okay, you're not gonna ruin it. So he, <laughs> it turns out that McDreamy is betrothed already. Everyone's betrothed, <clears throat> and he's betrothed to our friend, and oh, I mean, uh, she's my fairy godmother, Adele Dazim. <laughs> <laughs> But they pull a switcheroo and she falls in love with Prince Edward. And right. he takes her back to Andalasia and marries her and lives happily ever after. Which, like, hey, everybody got what they wanted. Yeah. Yeah. So. It was such a perfect movie. Everybody sings, especially James Marsden. Um, yeah. When they do that big song in the in the park, How Do You Know? I'm like, oh, this is ba- the best. And he's... It's so funny because they do what they do in fairy tales in real life. And he's just running around the city, like yelling, I've been dreaming. Like, <laughs> it's so good. Anyway. It must have been a really fun film to like actually do, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's, it's a good movie, but it's also just like the concept is pretty whack, like in a fun way. Yeah, it's so good. It's so fun. And it's exactly how I want to see him and Amy Adams. Just uh, again, uh, but again, a mask, uh, uh, sort of emasculated, <clears throat> but not really mm-hmm. empowered, really. Um, yeah. so, like playing, he spent his life playing a series of stereotypical people: rapist, Prince Charming, dumb jock. Like, but he does uh, so well. Uh, he takes those roles and he 
he loves them and cares for them and he gives you one of the best characters in the film which is so gold he's gold <clears throat> he's gold so my my number one mm-hmm. is an iconic film like all all the white girls raise your hands it's the notebook from 2004 <laughs> Hey, oh, way, oh, um, yeah, he plays. <laughs> so for those of you that don't, those of you that have been living in outer space for the last 20 <laughs> years, The Notebook is a film that stars Rachel McAdams and Ryan Gosling, uh, both who are from your hometown currently. Mm-hmm. Hey, yo, way, yo. Um, <laughs> and it's a, it's a love story that takes place in the 40s, but it's told in present day, a.k.a. 2004. And so it's a it's a really just, you know, torrid romance between Ryan Gosling and Rachel, uh, Rachel McAdams. Um, you know, uh, Ryan Gosling's character gets sent off to World War II um, and it looks like he dies. And so Rachel McAdams moves on. <clears throat> she doesn't die, but she moves on and she shacks up with James Marston. Mm-hmm. Um, his character's name is Lon. And, you know, obviously then we get the whole, no, I'm actually not dead. You know, and he comes back to town and, and, but she's already, you know, in, I think engaged to James Marston at, the, at that point. And she ends up um, running away with Ryan Gosling's character. I think his name's Noah. And they, um, they spend a night together. And she goes and confesses it to, to James Marston the next day. And this is, this is ultimate cuckold James Marston. Like, this is the roles that we know him for. But his reaction isn't terrible to it. He's just like, oh, yeah, that sucks. Well... I still love you, so if you still want to, like, you know, be together, that's cool. But she chooses Ryan Gosling. But it's just, like, the ultimate, this is the James Marsden experience personified. Mm -hmm. And it blew up huge. This is, like, one of the most popular films of the 2000s. Like, white girls everywhere be saying, that's me, you know? (laughs) So I've been been committing to marry the wrong guy. (laughs) Because I thought my other... Bo was dead. All of all of them. All happens of them. to the best of us, honestly. Um, so I that's my love. I love that. Yeah. I wish it was on my list at all. <laughs> um, because uh, again, I mean, uh, Harvey Brent put it very well. It's the experience of all white women everywhere. We love to see it. But as you can see, <laughs> as you can see, <laughs> the white woman only lives inside me. Mm. Um, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't put this one on my list. I know that it's a good one, but I just couldn't connect with this film. I feel like I'm in the. I feel like I lived in outer space for the last <laughs> twenty years. Oh, I'm not disagreeing with you. I think it's a very. Um, what's the word it's it's a very banal um storyline and it's very like typical you know bullshit but it's just the fact that it was it became such a part of pop culture and to this day it is still like if you're a bird i'm a bird you know like it's such a part of pop culture that aside from his comic book film roles which by the way i think it's hilarious that neither of us brought up superman returns i think it's hilarious that we didn't even (laughs) utter those words this entire podcast (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but aside from his roles in, in comic book films, like this is probably his most pervasive role, you know? So I'm like, it has to be on here. 
do yeah. I do I like the movie? No, not really. I would never watch it again. But it's it's also just like classic James Marsden. Mm-hmm. It is. <laughs> okay. So if you have, if you disagree with us vehemently, go ahead. Tell us. Let us know. What is your top five list of James Marsden films? <laughs> we want to know. We want to know why we're wrong. Especially, we want to know why we're wrong. <laughs> Just let us have it. Um, thank you for joining us. Uh, we'll return next week. Uh, once the highly anticipated this Wednesday <clears throat> uh, episode, first episode of Loki drops. I'm, I, I'm gagging, waiting. I can't. It's yeah. It happens on the same day as a Handmaid's Tale. Uh, the Handmaid's Tale. So I'm just like, Ugh. what am I going to watch first? Wednesday's a big day for TV going forward. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're going back to like the the days when primetime television was like Tuesday at eight with Buffy and then Angel, etc. <laughs> anyway, uh, the pandemic has made us all crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, return, return to us, tens of listeners. Um, <laughs> we have to keep, we have to keep making it going up each time. So then we said tens, and next time it's like fifties of listeners, and then hundreds of listeners. We have to manifest oh, our dreams. Twenties. <laughs> oh, that's realistic. Do twenties. Okay, but yes, if we're manifesting our dreams, I'll jump to fifty. Okay, so you can catch us. You can catch back episodes on uh, the Comic Book Syndicate YouTube channel and the Comic Book Syndicate website. It's www.comicbooksyndicate.com. You can write to us at fullvolumepod at gmail.com. Mm, it's easier if you just hit us in those comments because Mike Al gets them right away. <laughs> oh, he, he is <laughs> right sitting there YouTube. coordinating, just grabbing them for all these different windows. He's there yeah. putting a document like, together for like us. Like a real-life Tom Cruise in Minority Report slash Oracle. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, tweet us at H... No, that's Spidercast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> at Comic Syndicate hashtag full volume pod or on instagram at comic book syndicate hashtag full volume pod until next time oh i mean i have been your co-host gi jolie and i'm i'm harvey brent with the blonde hair with yes. the good hair yeah harvey brent with the good hair slash uh sars guard number five six <laughs> They keep I, coming out with new ones. I don't even know which one's the latest Scars Guard model we're at. I think I'm number six. Okay, cool. Okay, yeah. so Scars Guard number six. Uh, but <sighs> I'm gonna sign off. Please go to the beach. Keep it, keep it loud. Keep it at the fullest of volumes. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>